0: Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features Senior Pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric.
1: One day lifted up on the cross, several days later, 40 days later, 41, 42, 43 days later, He's lifted up in the clouds. On Good Friday, lifted up on the cross, right? But on the day of ascension, lifted up in the clouds, the cloud of glory, the Shekinah glory, right? The the Old Testament, they were familiar with that cloud that, that represented the presence of God that would lead them, and as they see Jesus go away, They see Him physically rise, ascend in a cloud of glory into the heavens. So we could say this. Number one, Jesus returned to life. We looked at that last week and in previous Sundays. Number one, Jesus returned to life. Number two, Jesus returned to the Father. Number three, Jesus will return for His church. Number four, Jesus will return to the earth. He ascends in order to descend. So I want you to to think about this this morning. Just hold your place in in John chapter 20, and you can turn to Philippians 2 if you'd like, or just listen. I want you to imagine some golden chain links. In Philippians 2, we get this great song or hymn of praise about Jesus, and we're to have that same mindset that Jesus Christ had. But I want you to think about the chain links of humiliation. And then I want you to think about the chain links, the golden chain links of His exaltation. Paul writes in Philippians 2 about the humility of Jesus and he says we need to to mirror that humility. Listen to Philippians 2 starting in verse uh, 6. Who though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made Himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men golden chain links of humility. And being found in a human form, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. So we see the humiliation of Jesus. It includes includes His birth, His life, His suffering, His death. But Paul continues in Philippians 2.9, Therefore God has highly exalted Him. So he talks about His humiliation But now He talks about His exaltation. Therefore God has highly exalted Him, bestowed on Him the name that's above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want you to think about Jesus. There were were these chain links of His humiliation. His birth, what a humbling thing we celebrate at Christmas. His life and how He washed feet and how He serves and then His suffering to be whipped and spat upon, even His death on a cross, but then begins the exaltation with the resurrection, with His ascension, with His return, with His establishment of the kingdom. You see, now it's all about the exaltation of Jesus. And that's what the ascension is all about. Let a person not focus on one to the exclusion of the others. All are key. We shouldn't just focus on the birth or on his life or on his death to the exclusion. Of... We shouldn't just focus on the resurrection to the exclusion of the ascension, right? We, we, should, we need all of these. We need all of those links of humiliation. We need all of those links of, of exaltation. The church may give the ascension of Jesus the least press. I mean, really, how many sermons do we preach on the ascension? How many sermons have you heard? Many of the most well-known pastors say that it is most vital and yet most neglected. I mean, so many, so many of the pastors that you listen to when I listen to them preach on the ascension, they will all say, you know what, this is the one that gets the least pressed, but it's the most important. They'll say this is the most vital, but it's the most neglected, and it's, it's the ascension. And so that's what I want us to talk about this morning. Jesus said, Mary, don't cling to me. I've not yet ascended to the Father. We let Jesus go in order to gain so much more. We let Jesus go. Mary, let me go, because you're going to gain so much more. You're going to gain the paraclete, the comforter that I'll send. You're you're going to gain a high priest, an advocate at the the right hand of the Father. Mary, don't cling. Let Jesus go. Let Him ascend. Let me go. They weren't sad when Jesus ascended because they knew something better was going to take place. So this morning, I want us to look at three ascension points that they all kind of contain a peak. So three ascension points with P. I want you to see number one, the ascension was predicted. The ascension was predicted. Just as we looked at last week, just like the death was predicted, even the type of death, I'll be lifted up, crucified, I'll rise on the third day. In so many ways, Jesus predicted His death, His burial, His resurrection. Jesus also predicted His ascension. Jesus used these words, I go. I go to the Father. Or I am going. I'm I'm going to prepare a place for you. So, if you're one of those Bible students who loves the Bible drill and you want to go on a journey in John, then you you can go with me. Otherwise, just listen. But I want us to look all through John at all of these verses. I'm just going to read them to you and let you see that time and time again, Jesus predicted His ascension. He told us what would happen. So, let's look at them Together or listen, John three. Thirteen. No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. In his conversation with Nicodemus, listen to John six sixty two. In John six sixty two, Jesus says, "What if? Then what if? You were to see the Son of Man ascending to where He was before." John 7, 33, Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer, and then I am going to Him who sent me. John 8, 14, Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you don't know where I come from or where I am going. Familiar passage that we sometimes read at funerals. I read it at one this past Thursday, John 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, literally dwelling places, not mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I'll take you to myself that where I am, you may be Also, in that same chapter, 14.12, verse 12, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Same chapter, verse 28 and 29. You heard me say to you, I'm going away, and I'll come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I've told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. John 16, verse 5, Jesus said, But now I am going to him who sent me. But none of you asks me, Where are you going? Jump down to verse 10. He says, concerning righteousness, the Spirit will convict you concerning sin, judgment, and righteousness. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. 16, 17. Some of His disciples said to one another, What is this that He says to us? A little while and you'll not see me, and again, a little while and you'll see me, and because I am going to the Father? See, they even talk about it. You can look at verse twenty eight. Jesus said, I came from the Father, I've come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and I'm going to the Father. Doesn't get any plainer than that, does it? And then in his high priestly prayer, John seventeen five, he prays, and now Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I mean, do you get the point, right, in all those verses? Pastor, that's a little overkill. I mean, you get the point. Jesus time and time again said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to the Father. I will ascend, right? This is what I'm doing. I'm I'm preparing a place for you, and it's for your good that I I go away. Well, he, He went away for a few days, but He rose again, right? And He appeared to them. But He's talking about His ascension. He's talking about His high priestly ministry that the book of Hebrews talks about. So number one, we need to note that Jesus time and time again predicted His ascension. I am going away. When I rise, it's not just to be back and to set up the kingdom then. Lord, will you at this time restore? No, you still don't get it, right? Right? But I've got to go. It's for your good. Number one, the ascension was predicted. Number two, the ascension was performed. The ascension was performed. Some of the gospel writers give attention to this, but Luke gives the most attention. He wrote two books, Luke and Acts. And in Luke, he tells us of it. In Acts, he tells us even more of it. So if you have your Bible, you can look at Luke chapter 24. Luke 24 and the last three or four verses, 50 to 53. This is what Jesus does When He performs the ascension, what does that look like? Oh man, what it must have been like, right? The transfiguration. If you could have been there, if I could have been there, right? The ascension. If you could have been there, if I could have been there, wow. Luke 24, 50 tells us of how how the ascension was performed. Verse 50 says, Then Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, to the Bethany side of the Mount of Olives. That's where He ascended. I believe the Mount of Olives is where He will descend. But it was on the Bethany side of that. Then He led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up His hands, He blessed them. Wow, that's significant, right? Time and time Jesus had blessed them. And this blessing is going to be a blessing unlike any others. While He blessed them, as He was blessing them, He parted from them, and He was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped Him. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. No sadness. They were sad when He died. They were sad, right, until they saw Him. But this time when He goes, there's worship and there's joy. Verse 53 says, And they were continually in the temple blessing God. Still making that transition, but still being faithful to what God had called them to do. And they are rejoicing. The ascension was performed. Now if you turn to Luke's second book, the one that follows, the book of Acts, where he writes to Theophilus and he says, Look, in the first book I told you about all the things that Jesus did before He was taken up, but now He's taken up. Let me tell you about the the church. And Acts gives us the acts of the church, the acts of the apostles, the acts of the Holy Spirit, really the activities of Christ and the the Christians. But we see the ascension in verses 9 through 12 of Acts chapter 1. Acts 1, 9 through 12, the ascension was performed. The Bible says, and when He said these things, what things? Oh, Look, you don't need to know when the kingdom's going to be restored. It's not for you to know the times and seasons, but you'll receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses here in Jerusalem. Then it will spread out a little further in all Judea and Samaria. And then ultimately to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, and when He had said these things, as they were looking on, He was lifted up. And a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, angelic visitors, now ascension angels, if you will. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw Him go into heaven. And then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet Olives, which is near Jerusalem. It's a Sabbath day journey, that walk that they could make. The ascension was performed. I mean, in your Bible, in those short few verses, there are probably four or five different words that you could circle that dealt with the ascension. Number one, He was taken up. Number two, He was lifted up. Number three, took. Number four, He was taken up. I mean, depending on your translation, there are like three, but really four, maybe you could even say five different words that all all are about the ascension language to describe how He was taken, lifted up. Wow. He goes in a cloud, a cloud of Shekinah glory, a cloud of the glory of God. And where does Jesus go? Well, the New Testament writers, almost all of them, show us that Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father. That's where Jesus goes. So, number one, the ascension was predicted. I go to the Father. I will go. I will ascend. Number two, the ascension was performed and it was for our good. It was amazing. And He goes and the angel says, Oh yes, but He ascends in order to descend. He goes away. He returns in order to one day revisits. I mean, I love the resurrection, but I love the revisitation that's coming too, right? Point number three, I want you to see that the ascension was proclaimed. The ascension was proclaimed by all sorts of New Testament writers. But let's look at Paul, and let's look at Peter. If you have your Bible, you can go to First Timothy 3.16. sixteen. First Timothy 3.16. Oh, at Christmas I looked forward to preaching this, and then I got COVID, and you remember I preached from that little room right there, just kind of through that gate, and looked through a camera, and you heard me, and I was here, but I couldn't really be seen by you, <laughs> and... I preached on 1 Timothy 3.16. It is this early creed or this early confession. It is a great confession, this great hymn that the church must have proclaimed or sang. I'd love to know more about it. It was a confession. It was a proclamation. And not only did the church proclaim it, but the Apostle Paul proclaimed it. 1 Timothy 3.16. Paul says, Great indeed. We confess our confession our creed great indeed we confess is the mystery of godliness now they talk about jesus his humiliation his exaltation in some different words he was manifested in the flesh that's the christmas message he was vindicated by the spirit approved at his baptism at other times he was seen By angels. They play such a part in the life of Christ. He was proclaimed among the nations, yes, to all ethnic groups Samaritans, Jews, Gentiles, Phoenicians. He was believed on in the world. He was taken up in glory. There are even chain links there. Study that great confession that the church said. It's this mystery of godliness. He was, and then there are six things. And the first two goes together, and the next two go together, and the last two go together. He was believed on in the world, and He was taken up into glory. That's the ascension. Right away, early, the New Testament was saying, this is part of our creed, this is part of our confession. We believe that He was taken up into glory. He didn't die again. He doesn't have a tomb today. The ascension was proclaimed. Wow. 1 Peter, you could go towards the back. Peter also proclaims it. In 1 Peter 3.22, 1 Peter 3.22, he talks about the resurrection of Jesus in verse 21, but just naturally, I mean, that's why it's natural today to talk about the ascension, because the ascension follows the resurrection. Peter talks about it. 1 Peter 3.22, he's speaking of Jesus, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to Him. Right? We have the resurrection of Jesus. We even have the suffering of Jesus. But He says, where is Jesus? Where has He gone? He has ascended. He has gone into heaven. Where is He now? He's at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers, things that are subject to Him. One more We could look at others, but the Ascension was proclaimed in the book of Ephesians. Paul from Rome writes to the church at Ephesus, one of his prison epistles. And here is a tricky passage. probably dealt with that in your Sunday school class, young adult. Whatever this one means, there's one thing that we can look at today and say, we can't miss this. Ephesians 4, 8 through 10. Ephesians 4, 8 through 10. Paul proclaims, the ascension, when he says, therefore it says, Scripture says, from Psalm 68, it's probably where it was predicted, Psalm 68, 18, your Bible may have a footnote, therefore it says, the Psalm says, when He ascended on high, He led a host of captives, and He gave gifts to men. In saying He ascended, what does it mean, but that He had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the One who also ascended far above all the heavens, that He might fill all things. Now whatever the descent means, that's the tricky part, whatever that descended means, we can say, look, one thing we know for sure today, we know what that ascension means. He says, if He descended, He also ascended. And we know that when He ascended, it was for our good. He led a host of captives, for He was able to strengthen the church. He gave gifts to men, so use your gift to serve He's ascended far above all the heavens. Why? That he might fill all things. That he might take, right, preeminence. He's superior now. The, the ascension was proclaimed. I want you to see that today. So you see, it was predicted, it was performed, and it was proclaimed. But Jesus now retains his physical body. He doesn't just vanish. He doesn't just vaporize. Jesus has a physical body. His resurrection body was physical. They ate. They, They touched. But it was glorified. It was different. He could even pass through rooms. We don't quite understand what a glorified body is because we don't have ours yet, right? But Jesus retains His physical yet glorified body in the ascension where He's at the right hand of the Father. Not in our hearts Christ's Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in our hearts, but Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. So where does Jesus go to the right hand of the Father? Why does Jesus go? Why does Jesus go? Jesus leaves to do three things. You see these three things in Scripture. Jesus leaves to number one, represent, to number two, prepare, and to number three, empower. Empower. Jesus says, I am going to represent, to be your high priest, to be your advocate. You see it all in Hebrews. You see it in in the Gospels also. He is, number one, He is now our representative at the right hand of the Father. That's why He leaves us. That's why we need Him to leave us. Number two, as you know from John 14, He also leaves to prepare. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you might be also. I go to your home, to my home. I return to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Number three, Jesus leaves to empower. Remember the John 14 and and John 16, that upper room teaching where He's saying, look, when I go, I'm going to send you the paraclete, another comforter, another of the same kind, and it's good. He's going to convict and He's going to empower and He's going to lead, lead you. And so it's for our good that Jesus leaves to represent, to prepare, and to empower. And that's what He continues to do for us. Isn't that great? Even to this day. Continue to say, I represent Jesus. I mean, I represent, I'm not Jesus. I represent Eric. Jesus saying, I represent Eric. My blood covers him. That sin, that mistake, he can't even speak clearly. All of his failures, I cover. I'm praying for him, right? Jesus saying, I'm preparing your place, Eric. You have assurance one day. And Eric, I'm empowering you through the Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, right? That's what He's doing for you. That's great. That's great. makes me smile. We need Him there. He is blessing us. He is blessing you. You need Jesus there. What a great thing. So we have to focus more on the ascension, don't we? To think, yes, death, burial, resurrection, but yes, ascension. Yes, high priestly ministry. And this is what I want to say today. Those links in the chain of exaltation and glorification, they're all true, and there's still some that we need. Amen? Why does Jesus ascend? To descend. He leaves, but as He left, you're going to see Him come back in the clouds, to the Mount of Olives, right? He ascends in order to descend. He leaves in order to return. Jesus goes away in order to come back. Jesus left from the Mount of Olives. One day He will return there. Now you guys just started a a new Sunday school curriculum. Actually today, I encourage you to be a part of it. It's just six weeks. You can do a senior adult class right over here now. Uh, medium adult class in the, the lower uh, choir room downstairs. But you guys are studying the Olivet Discourse where Jesus talked about from the Mount of Olives hey here's what's going to happen to the city in Jerusalem. Here's what's going to happen with my coming and it's kind of like you see, I was telling Alan this morning, like mountains, you, you know, we, we don't quite see but you kind of have this mountain of prophecy, right, that, that they saw and maybe it was the destruction of the temple, but you also kind of have this valley and, and behind it the, the kind of some of the prophecies of the second coming and the valley in between in which we live. That's kind of how prophecy sometimes works. You, you know, It has a, like an Old Testament fulfillment, but also a future fulfillment. And you guys are getting to study that. You're, you're talking about, yes, He ascends in order to descend and He's going to come back. And what will be the signs of His dissension? Right? When he comes, it's great. One, two, three. I came, now I go, yet I shall come again. Right? One, two, three. Jesus is saying, I came, now I go. Number two. Number three, I shall come again. What goes up must come down, and Christ will. And the ascension continually proclaims that. Listen to what the Gospel of Mark says. I love this verse. Mark 13, verse 26. Jesus says, And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. They'll see, Jesus says, one day the Son of Man descend in the clouds with full exaltation and glorification, with great power and with great glory. Jesus leaves for us for the church, for you. And Jesus will come back for us, for the church, for you. As we close, I just ask you this question. Are you ready for the descent? Are your friends, family members, your co-workers, children, youth, are they ready for the descent of Jesus? You know what it's like to fly. Some of you getting back to that, you fly and we're now reaching our descent. right? And they kind of tell you this, as we reach the descent... Get ready for our descent. Put your seat and your tray in the upright position. That's kind of the question this morning. Is your seat and your tray in the upright position spiritually? Are you ready? Are you, are you exactly how you need to be? Are you right with Jesus Christ? Is He your representative? Right? Is He preparing that place for you? Is He empowering you? Are, are you ready? Because if He went away, He's coming back. Amen. And when He comes, will you be with Him forever? I pray that you will. The Gospel is the way that we understand what Jesus did. All those links in the humiliation part for us, and the payment, and all those links in the exaltation that we trust in Him, that we admit to God that we have a great need, that we repent and turn and say, Lord, I'm going to follow You. I'm going to follow You with faith. I'm going to follow You, follow you in the waters. I'm going to follow You with a changed life. I'm going to admit and believe and, and confess and let the Holy Spirit come and change you forever. I invite you to Christ today. I love it. Forty days after Easter. Where will people be, right? What will, what will they be doing? What will it look like? Uh, I pray that we'll be reminded of His great ascension in order to come back. and He's coming soon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God, we thank You for the glory of which You've glorified, the Son of God, the Son of Man, who's come for us, the sinful sons of men, so we could become the sons of God. God, thank you so much for the gospel. Lord, thank you for this glorious truth. God, thank you that Christ is coming and one day the clouds will part in the eastern sky and Christ will come for His church and then to the earth, to this world. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, we just love you and we pray that we would all be ready for that glorious descent. Father, that we could lead other people, boys and girls and men and women, to be able to know for sure that when Christ comes back, they'll be with Him forever. And so God, remind us of our mission, still our acts, still the acts of the church, to go and to witness and to proclaim this. Great indeed is the confession of godliness. Taken up in glory, but one day coming back in glory too. Our Savior God, we we love You. Lord, as we now sing, how great Thou art. Lord, All praise and honor be to you. Lead each person now as you see best. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.